Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsm radio.org now here's our show today let me give you three important spiritual terms from the New Testament number one regeneration number two transformation and number three transfiguration I've selected these because many believers confuse them or perhaps think that they're synonymous or interchangeable but actually, while they all refer to various steps in the process of God's full salvation, they certainly are not interchangeable. In fact, they apply to the three distinct parts of our being, our spirit, our soul, and our body. Francis Ball has joined us today to help uh, unravel this. Uh, I would say it's common for people to be confused on these uh, terms, isn't it, Francis? I believe so. There is such a thing as regeneration. There is a following experience of transformation. And there's the ultimate goal of transfiguration. And I believe today's message is going to help make this very clear. In context, Francis, uh, we're looking in chapter 5 now of Second Corinthians, and this portion of Second Corinthians chapter 3 and 4 and now uh, into chapter 5, talking about uh, the apostles and how they were constituted in their apostleship. And we've seen many aspects concerning the experience of God's full salvation and how they were really uh, using Paul as an example, who was transformed from the chiefest of sinners into, as we said in a program with Ed Marks the other day, the chiefest among the apostles right. uh, by this constituting work. Now we see it applied to uh, another part of our being, our body, our physical body. And as Ed pointed out in that program, and I think we'll touch again today, the first step in the process of regeneration and the last step in the process transfiguration, which is what we'll really be focused on today, are instantaneous matters. But between those, we have this term transformation. And this is not so instantaneous, is it? Yeah, that's right. That takes a lifetime. And I would just like to point out, Chris, my observation and reconsidering this portion is that uh, it's not only a lifetime, but it is also something very really applied to all the redeemed believers in Christ. These three steps are essential for us to reach the goal. We surely must be regenerated in our spirit, and we, not, we must have a continual transforming work done in our soul throughout our lifetime as believers. And then definitely we'll see today that we will have the transfiguration of our body. 
Transfiguration is a term that the Bible uses in other portions, but it's referred to in this portion in chapter 5 without using this uh, phrase exactly. But the language that is used in chapter 5 is very interesting, very enlightening. Let's pick up these verses, and we have quite a few to read today because uh, uh, to get this point across takes some development. All right, verses 1, 2, 3, and 4 in chapter 5 are what I'm going to read as we set up this first portion of Witness Lee's sharing today. For we know that if our earthly tabernacle dwelling or house is taken down, we have a building from God, a dwelling not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For also in this we groan, longing to be clothed upon with our dwelling place from heaven. If indeed being clothed, we will not be found naked. For also we who are in this tabernacle groan, being burdened, and that we do not desire to be unclothed, but clothed upon, that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Wonderful. Yeah. Really wonderful. These are really uh, the steps in the Christian life. And this is really not something just a superstition or a hope so, but this is something definitely brought out in the experience of the apostles, which really applies to all of us. All right, let's join Witness Lee, and we'll see the unveiling again, further unveiling, of how the New Testament ministers are constituted or produced. Chapter 5 continues the uh, unveiling of uh, the New Testament ministers. It begins from chapter 3, verse 12. There... First say you have the constitution. Then in chapter four you have their way to conduct themselves. Then you have a record of the living. They were constituted with the triumph God. They conducted themselves to sign the gospel of the glory of Christ and lived a crucial life for the manifestation of the resurrection life. Now, while they were so, you know what? They were longing to be clothed upon with a transfigured body. That means they were longing to have their body redeemed. Their spirit has been regenerated and their soul to some extent has been very much renewed and transformed. And the problem that was left with them was no more concerning their spirit now concerning the soul. Uh, the problem that was left with them was just concerning their mortal and fallen body. The body became a burden to them. Oh, they sighed. They groaned for this burden. But in God's full salvation, there is an item that takes care of such a fallen body. That is the transfiguration which will 
just change our mortal and fallen body, making it a body of glory, just like the resurrected body of Christ. This is the hope, right? And the hope of glory. This is the hope of glory. Francis, let's take a minute or two here and sort out these three terms and how they really apply clearly to the three parts of our being. And when a verse we've read on many occasions, I'm going to read again because it helps, I think, put this in uh, to a clear light. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. And the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly. May your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's really a reference to uh, God's full salvation, just as we're seeing in Corinthians, isn't it? Yes, it is. And that that is a verse that has meant so much to me to see that we are a tripartite being, and our whole being needs his salvation. All right, pick up the three uh, aspects of our being and how these terms apply respectively to their corresponding parts. Well, these three aspects really have to do with life. It's not just a objective uh, teaching, but it's a subjective experience of being regenerated by receiving the Lord's life and receiving Christ as our Savior. We become regenerated in our spirit. That means our spirit becomes life. And then as we begin to enjoy the Lord and we begin to experience His Word, and we begin to get soaked in his word, and as this portion of our study tells us, we get constituted with Christ himself in our soul so that our mind becomes renewed. Even our emotions become balanced and renewed, and our will becomes subdued and renewed. So we get renewed in our whole inward being, and uh, that way we're experiencing transformation, which is the ongoing step in our salvation. And ultimately, we will, these earthly tabernacles, as Paul calls it, will be taken down. Mm-hmm. No one really looks forward to death in that kind of way, to have his whole uh, house taken down. That means where we live is our body, our physical body, which is of this earth, and it will be taken down. And if it is taken down, the real disciples and the real apostles and the genuine believers who experience Christ in this way really have a hope and a realization that we were, our body will be glorified and we will be built up with a house which is from heaven, from God. Francis, I like the fact that you use this term tabernacle. And uh, in the verse we read, verse 1, it talks about how this earthly tabernacle combines it with the word dwelling or house. This earthly tabernacle house that we're in now uh, is is going to be taken down or torn down. But it says we have a building from God, and in this exchange, uh, we find the apostles looking forward to it mm-hmm. uh, because in in them, in their being, in their experience, uh, in their progress in this process of God's full salvation, they were at that point, weren't they? Where they could look forward to it, uh, their spirit being now regenerated their soul, to some fairly substantial extent, transformed. Now they were eagerly expecting this uh, exchange of dwelling places. You might say that's all they have to hope for. Right. This is the future aspect of the real salvation in its entirety. In Philippians, Paul uses the word transfigure, and it's, again, applying to this same uh, uh, event, the exchange of one tabernacle for a permanent dwelling place. 
in chapter 3, verse 21, he says, The Lord Jesus Christ, who will transfigure the body of our humiliation to be conformed to the body of his glory. That is something to look forward to. We, <laughs> we shed this uh, old temporary one for the very kind of glorified body that the Lord Jesus received in resurrection. And this tabernacle, he's calling it here, is a temporary there's not a foundation to it. It's movable and it's temporary and it will be taken down. And nobody really, or at least the apostles, weren't anticipating just the taking down of the body because that was where they lived. And, and this is where we live. We live in these bodies, our temporary dwelling place. Right. That's our house. But we're looking forward to that building, which is from heaven. And I like the, the term he uses here, building because we're being built up into that house. Really so. When we hear so much about the building up of the body of Christ, that's actually what's happening. He's building us up in preparation for that eternal dwelling place. In the At the end of 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul, uh, speaking on this same topic, uh, says it this way in chapter 15, verse 44, it, meaning our body, is sown a soulish body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a soulish body, there is also a spiritual one. So as we'll see in this portion just ahead, the one getting torn down is a soulish one. Mm -hmm. The one we're uh, looking forward to receiving is a spiritual one. Amen. Here's Witness Lee again. For we know that if our earthly tabernacle house <laughs> is a very strange term, tabernacle house, what is this? That is your body. Your body is your dwelling place. Your body is your home. Then why he used the word tabernacle? That means a temporal thing, no foundation. So this body is not a house with a foundation. But it is a tabernacle, just like that one in the word nice. Okay, he says, we know that if our earthly tabernacle house is taken down. We have a building. Means what? Solid. With a foundation. We have a building from God. What is that? I tell you. That is the transfigured body. That is the resurrected body. Today this body, the soul's body. And then, that day, our body will be transfigured into a spiritual body. As it is a soul's body, it is animated by the soul. As it will be a spiritual body, it will be directed by the spirit. That will be the building. That will be our house. One day will come, there will be a heavenly body, made by God, eternal. Hallelujah. Ah, it will be put upon us. That is the main glory. In what way God has prepared us? Firstly, He has sown Himself as a seed into your being. And then Christ is in our spirit with our heart growing to saturate our entire being, including the soul. This is the preparation for Christ saturating our body. 
On the one hand, when we will be transfigured, that is to be clothed with something from outward. But on the other hand, transfiguration is the indwelling Christ to swallow, to saturate our fallen body. When our body will be fully saturated, that is a new building, a new body, with which we will be clothed. Francis, I like what we saw here. Uh, on the one hand, transfiguration will be something outward happening to our mortal body. But really it's the result of something that has been going on for a lengthy period of time from within, isn't it? Yes, that is a very important observation because so many Christians that I know have the thought that just their body is going to be taken up. And some of them also I know that are kind of looking forward to death but this wasn't the attitude of the apostles. They weren't looking forward to death, but they were groaning in this physical body, which was the only limitation that was left without the saturation of the divine life. But it was in the process of being saturated, by their soul being saturated, by being reconstituted with Christ as the element within them, and they were anticipating, looking forward, with groaning and with sighing, at the limitation of their fallen body and the persecution, the suffering they, they were going through, they really longed not to putting off of the tabernacle simply because they weren't looking forward just to being disembodied. They weren't anticipating being without a body. That would be to be naked before God. Right. But they were looking forward for this body or this building eternal in the heavens that came from heaven and includes them. And so they were brought into this uh, transfiguration to be in a body of glory like to the glorious body of Christ in his resurrection. This is our hope. This is the blessed hope of the believers. It really is. Francis, we've talked on a number of occasions now in Second Corinthians as we're seeing this autobiographical sketch, as we've pointed out many times, how their outward circumstance, their outward environment was an extremely difficult one. Uh, they were pressed, they were perplexed, they were persecuted, they were cast down. They had all of these things going on. Of course, Paul had been imprisoned and beaten and uh, scourged and threatened and etc., etc. Yet their experience was of this uh, life-giving spirit, Christ in resurrection, reconstituting them from within, saturating them from within. And now, I think as we come to these next few verses in chapter 5, it all begins to fit together, uh, and we use this term, God's full salvation. Verse 5 says, Now he who has wrought us for this very thing is God, who has given to us the Spirit as a pledge. Therefore, being always of good courage, and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are abroad from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by appearance. We are of good courage then and are well pleased rather to be abroad from the body and at home with the Lord. So they didn't walk by uh, what they saw without, or they would have been right. uh, horribly defeated, wouldn't they? That's right. They were not walking by appearance, but by faith. And as such, they were of good courage. I yes, like, I like right. this term. Very good. Witness Lee will bring it out in this final portion. For we walk by faith, not by appearance. All this talk... By Paul, when you read 
to the unbelievers, these nonsense. What can talk is this? But Paul says, okay, we walk by faith. You poor people, you doctors, you professors, you poor people, you walk just by your short sight, by appearance. But we walk by foresight. We see something further. Don't argue with us. Wait. Wait, you will see. We will have a heavenly body. Hallelujah. We work by faith, Amen. not by what we see, not by sight. That means by appearance. We are of good courage and well pleased rather to be away from home, out of the body, and to be at home with the Lord. Two homes. This tells us while the apostles were there, behaving themselves to shine the glory of the gospel. And while they're living a crucial life, day and night, they're longing to be clothed with the heavenly body, to be transfigured. These are the ministers of the new covenant. They are persons absolutely not belong to this earth. They are persons absolutely belong to another world. They are living even in another world to their sensation because they have such an aspiration. They long, they desire to be closed with another body, to get into another home. You know, Francis, on the one hand, maybe this sounds strange, but on the other, as you consider their experience and all of the circumstances they were uh, enduring, uh, they really were living someplace else, weren't they? Oh, absolutely. They were certainly in another realm. And to be absent from the body, as Paul points out, is to be present or at home with the Lord. So they were leaving home to go home. <laughs> but to go home is not to go to heaven. To go home is to go into this heavenly uh, building that God is building with the, with the glory they had been shining with in their presentation of the gospel throughout their ministry. Now they're shining with this glory. They're anticipating the shining with this glory, even physically. It will be something beyond physical. As you said, there would be no doubt a lot of unbelievers would think this was newly, foolish talk. Right. But to us, this is a blessed hope that to be a, a absent from our body or be absent from our home, is to be present with the Lord. That was really encouraging, wasn't it, when he pointed out in dealing with our unbelieving uh, friends who consider we spend our time and our energy and a lot of foolishness, uh, we can say, don't argue, just wait. That's right. Because That's <laughs> right. we're looking at something That's right. uh, not nearsighted, but far-sighted, as right. he said. Abraham was this way, wasn't he? Amen. That, he went not knowing where he was going, but he knew with whom he was going. And it said he looked for a city, a building that, uh, how, how does it say? Who's a maker, maker and builder is God. God, yeah. Something not made with hands. That's right. Well, we want to be like Abraham, we want to be like the Apostle Paul, and we can look forward to this exchange of addresses that's coming one day. And as you said, not uh, the common concept of going off to heaven somewhere, but really the putting on of this building, uh, this constitution of God and 
in humanity, this spiritual building being built up. What a hope of glory we have, Francis. Amen. This is our hope of glory. I hope it could be yours, too. We would uh, both say that to all who are listening today, and if you've never received the Lord, we encourage you to do so. Uh, and uh, you can contact us even if you call our toll-free number. We'll help you with that as well as how to get some of this printed material. Right. Uh, Francis, thank you for joining us again today, and I hope you can come back uh, very soon. My pleasure, and I'm always happy to be with you. All right, let's give you the toll-free number here and invite you to call us. It's one eight 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 life study That's 888-543-3788. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. We'd enjoy very much being in contact with you directly. We can get the printed Life Study messages to you that accompany these programs. So I'll give you the toll-free number one more time in case you missed it. It's one eight 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 life study That's all the time we have today. For Francis Paul, I'm Chris Wilde. We hope you call, and we thank you very much for listening. Do you want to know the deeper truths of the Bible? Wish you could attend a Bible study but just don't have the time? Well, if you enjoyed this program, then we invite you to visit our website at lsmradio.com. From there, you'll find programs on every book of the Bible and all free of charge. These programs will not only give you a more profound understanding of the Scriptures, but also refresh and revitalize your daily Christian walk. From our website, you can download the MP3 files, stream them live, or subscribe to the podcast. Again, all free of charge. Once more, that website, lsmradio.com. Thanks for listening.